Today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoogle. Banzoogle makes it easy to build a stunning website for your music in minutes. Choose from hundreds of mobile-friendly themes, then customize your design and content in just a few clicks. I use Banzoogle because they offer a free custom domain name, a commission-free store, a mailing list platform, and live support from their musician-friendly teams seven days a week. You can click the link in the episode notes or go to banzoogle.com and use promo code JEWISHSONGWRITER, all one word, to try it free for 30 days and get 15% off the first year of your subscription. Banzoogle, websites built for musicians by musicians. Welcome to Jewish Songwriter, the podcast by, for, and about Jewish songwriters. I'm your host, Sheldon Lowe, and each week I interview a different Jewish songwriter to learn a little bit about their music, their lives, and their writing process. These songwriters are some of my favorite people, and I'm excited to talk to them, draw inspiration, and to share it all with you. If you're like me, you're constantly looking for new Jewish music, so I've asked each writer to share about a new song which you'll be able to hear in full on the Jewish Songwriter Spotify playlist and YouTube channel. Best of all, if you subscribe to this podcast, it'll automatically download to your device each week for free. This week's Jewish songwriter is Josh Warshawski. Uh Welcome to Jewish Songwriter, man. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So you're in uh, California right now. I am out in Los Angeles, California. So I read today, I, I love this. There, was this true that um, when you were 10 years old, you picked up the guitar and you accidentally super glued it to your own hand? <laughs> uh, I wish that were true. <laughs> that, that, oh, that would make for a really so good, good story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Who wrote that? <laughs> That's awesome. No, I, 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 uh, my dad picked up the guitar when he was 40, and I thought that was really cool. He wanted to learn how to play so he could play a song for my mom's 40th birthday, and I thought that was awesome, and so I wanted to play guitar too. So I asked him if I could have a guitar also. And I guess from that point, it was metaphorically super glued to my hands. <laughs> Got it. Yes. So talk to me about playing Jewish music as like a leader in front of people. Like where where does it become like, it's cool, my dad plays guitar um, to, you know, I'm, I'm going to see if this is something that I want to do with my life. A lot of the inspiration came at camp, uh, Camp Ramon, Wisconsin. I, I played guitar a lot there. I learned a lot of Hebrew and Israeli music there. When I was 15, I had a, a staff member from Israel who was living in my cabin, and he was on the music staff. And at the end of the summer, he left me with a binder of all of his favorite Jewish music and the chords for all the songs that uh, that I still use to this day of all these songs that he taught me and all these songs that I used to play with him. And um, and I so I played a lot there, and I, I sang a lot in USY, United Synagogue Youth. But really, it I think it it the music writing and the thinking about this is something that I could be doing um, sort of happened in college. Uh, I was looking for a job and I was at the Jewish Theological Seminary, JTS in New York, and they send out job options, people that are looking for job opportunities in the area. And there was a synagogue in South Orange, New Jersey that was looking for a music teacher. And, uh, and I said, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we had that connection too. And uh, I said, you know, I think I play, I play guitar. I, I know a lot of Jewish music from camp. I could probably do that. And uh, so I got there and I, you know, I started playing and, and teaching. And at that point, my repertoire for Jewish music was basically 
Debbie Friedman, Craig Taubman, and Rick Recht, and you know, a little Sam Glazer. I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't, I was not involved in this world, and I didn't know about this, this amazing world of Jewish music that existed. And you know, that first year, as as you know, there was an artist in residence at the synagogue, and he was coming in to do a concert. His name was Sheldon Lowe. <laughs> and uh, I, think I know second him. Year. Yeah, the second year, and uh, so I got to learn like this new music, and it was really exciting. And I, and from that point, I started trying to write a couple of my own. Songs I wrote a Yihiyuleratzon and brought it to uh, the Song Leader Bootcamp in 2010 with my friend Josh Sachs and we and we played it together and um, that was like my first Jewish song. I want to hear about uh, one of your songs. I think I want to talk about El Baruch. Okay, cool. Yeah. So first thing I want to ask is I noticed on Spotify that you had uh, different names and I'm wondering if you use CD Baby as your distributor. And if that has anything to do with why that may be. That is the sole reason why the names are different. I had a lot of trouble convincing CD Baby to allow me to use transliteration. And at this point, it's just too hard to go back and change it. <laughs> totally. It's pretty strange that uh, they are the only company that can't quite figure that out. And I think that maybe I'm going to be talking about this with some of the other songwriters that I'm speaking with. And uh I don't know. I, p- part of me also kind of thinks that we need to go to the ADL about this situation <laughs> because I don't know, something very strange going on that they can't deliver transliteration strictly for Hebrew. But, right. m- you know. All right. So tell me about uh, El Baruch, the blessing one. Yeah. So El Baruch, the blessing one, um, as it's known in, in a variety of different places, um, it's uh, the words come from liturgy. And it was a text that I had heard a melody for. You know, I had been singing it since my childhood. And I was thinking about the words a couple years ago. It comes in the Shacharit liturgy in the weekday service, right again, right after Baruch, right after Marabu. There's this text stuck right in the middle before you get into the Shema that I think is so beautiful. Um, and it's actually an acrostic. It's a word acrostic, not a sentence acrostic. So each word is the next letter of the alphabet. L with Aleph, Baruch with Bet, Gadol with Gimel, Dea with Dalet. Um, and it goes through every letter of the alphabet. And the idea of this section of our tefillah, of the liturgy, is about creation. Where we have Marabu Masacha, how beautiful, how amazing, how diverse are all of your creations. And we think about all of these creations through this section, and it leads us into Ahavaraba, the section about revelation, about receiving the Torah. And then Geulah, the section about redemption with Michamocha, where we cross the sea and we receive the Torah and we are in freedom. Right? These three sections that are the central part of our service. And this creation section I thought was so powerful as something that we think about every single day, that every day we remember and realize that we were created which is so awesome with a big awe. And it's something that's really profound. And we can look around and, and everything that we have in the world around us is unique and special. Um, and I heard a really beautiful Dvar Torah, some words of Torah about this section, this El Baruch from the director of Camp Ramah in the Poconos. His name is Rabbi Joel Seltzer. And uh, in thinking about the El Baruch with the Aleph and the Bet and the Gimel and how each letter reaches, we have this idea that the world was created using letters, right? That God spoke and the world was created. Um, And there's this idea that when we hit every letter, we're touching on every aspect of creation. And what Rabbi Seltzer says, and I thought this was fascinating, is that if you think about this scientifically, it's also true that the world is created using letters, right? You look around the world and you look at trees and you look at people and they're filled with C's and H's and O's and CO2's and H2O's. 
And it's the letters that make up the entire universe, right? This table of the elements, the scientific idea that the letters are what come together and put the universe together. So when we're singing El Baruch, you can imagine that these letters are floating all around and joining together to create everything in the universe. So I wanted to get at that idea with some of the melody that flows back and forth and reaches higher and higher as it moves forward in the song. Is that what you use to sort of explain the song? When you Let's say you're teaching it in a classroom. Is that like the meatiest part of your explanation? Or is there something that you do differently for, for younger kids that you say, for example, if you were to teach that to? That's most of my frame. But sometimes I would, you know, we'd put up a couple letters on the board and think about what are some, some things that you're thankful for that start with those letters, some aspects of creation that you want to get into. F for family and friends, H for for hydrogen or for happiness um, and thinking mm-hmm. about those and then shouting them out before we get into this song and then and then focusing on on bringing in the Hebrew and, and connecting that to the words we're about to sing. I'm thinking, you know, we could do it at my religious school, for example, if we were right now we're using the, sh- we, we always use the Shalom learning values. So every few weeks we switch up the value. And for example, right now we're talking about Hakarat HaTov, cool. um, you know, literally recognizing the good and um, remembering what all of our blessings are. So I, obviously this would, would fit perfectly in, you know, in that setting. And then Absolutely. obviously that's, that, I, I just love starting every day that way because that just helps center me, helps focus my life and, and the rest of my day on, on what's really important. So whatever is going to end up coming my way, you know, I, I've got that sort of coloring my view of everything happening on. So I don't, you know, blow a gasket or anything on, you know, <laughs> on, on the Upper East Side. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I want to talk about uh, songwriting for a little bit. Are you a lyrics first person? Are you a music first person? Um, how, how do you go about sitting to, to write a song? So I've, I've actually been asked this a bunch in the last couple of weeks. I don't know why, but um, I wish that I had a writing practice, like a standard writing practice that I sat with, that I was writing every night for five minutes before I went to sleep, or that I was you know picking up the guitar for a couple of minutes when I got home from school and just fiddling around. And I don't have that. Um, so I have sort of a balance. There are some times when I... Um, I'm just playing around on the guitar and I come up with a melody and then I try and think about which words will help to express that melody in the best possible way. And then at the same time, I have a document on my phone of these, like a list of texts that I think are really inspiring and that I'd love to write melodies for. Um, and sometimes I use the Hebrew for those texts. Most of the time I, I use the Hebrew for those texts, but I've written a couple English songs where I've sort of been inspired by the English to um, write out my own prose based on these different texts and uh, the music has come after that. So it's sort of a, I, I guess I have a little bit of both. Do you have any exercises that you do or do you have any go-to things that are like the, the signature, you know, Josh Roshowski writing method or anything like that? Um, I have a couple favorite songs that I'll, that I'll, you know, play or sing through if I'm trying to get in the mood, like other people's songs that I'll play if I'm trying to get into like a, a songwriting mood. I'll take a look at a, a bunch of different texts and commentaries. Um, and then lately I've just sort of been, um, a lot of the music that I've been writing has like a really intense B section. And uh, so I've just sort of been like riffing on a few words and just harmonizing and singing and recording and, and singing with friends. And um, the repetition has been really helpful for me in, in centering myself, but also in exploring the upper levels of what a song could be. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I actually hear your music or your compositions that I'm hearing, the new stuff that I'm hearing. I would say that's very descriptive of the sound that that you're sort of 
drifting towards and it's really cool it's almost more um not mantra maybe but it is that sort of repetitive kind of growing um droning kind of um beautiful you know filled with harmonies types of sound um and and i i really love the new stuff uh, and Thanks. I, uh, I'm wondering if, if that was like, is that a, also a concerted effort? Is that a sound that you're just sort of gravitating towards or are you intentionally trying to do that? Maybe I was thinking maybe this works really, really well in a conservative setting, for example. Uh, I'm not sure. I, at first it was a, I think the first song that I wrote that was sort of in that, that mode, um, was a song called Va'ani Asher Uzecha. Um, and that's one of my favorite new <laughs> Josh Rashowski tunes. Thanks. <laughs> um, and I, I actually so good. was inspired by a text in my midrash class at school. And, um, I then was going to a friend's house. She was uh, gathering a bunch of friends together to, to each teach each other a couple of different things. It was sponsored by Ramah. It was an event to, um, to just, you know, share some learning and some free dinner with friends. And I thought to myself, maybe I'll, I'll take this text that I've been working with and I'll try and write a melody for it. And um, I just found the the the, uh, the melody sort of flows back and forth, and the words are really beautiful. It's just the last two lines of Psalm 59, which is a psalm that I think most people are not familiar with. I was not familiar with it before I first encountered it. Me either. And um, and then the last couple of words, Uzi Elecha Azamara, I will sing out my strength. Um, just really struck me, and I just wanted to keep singing them over and over again, and and that mm-hmm. feeling felt really good. And so that's where, you know, a lot of those, a lot of the new songs I've been writing have been trying to, to get back at that feeling or the words, I think, lend themselves to um, internalizing them. And when you internalize them, you're singing them over and over again. That's a, that's a way to, to physically internalize them into yourself. So I've been trying to do that. So good. Keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any, uh, any words of encouragement or any advice to anyone who uh, wants to be writing Jewish music or wants to think about a, a career in Jewish music? Yeah, I think this is a possibility for everyone. Um, I'm not the best guitar player by far. Um, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm an okay musician, but I, I really, I think that it, it's about whether it comes from your heart. It's about if, you, if you're thinking about the words that you're using intentionally. Um, and there are beautiful, beautiful melodies that people are writing for for texts that we use every single day. Um, and it's about thinking about what your Torah is, right? What is your, what is it that you want to share with the world? Um, and that, you know, that also came from that song, Va'ani Esher Uzecha, and I will sing, sing out strength, right? What is the thing, what is the thing that's most important to you and how can you find a way to, to share it? Um, and that takes a lot of work and a lot of time to, to get at that moment. This is, these songs that I'm writing now are the songs that I'm most excited about. And this is my third CD. And I liked the other ones too. <laughs> but now I, I'm really feeling after, this is like six or seven years of working on this stuff that I really feel that um, I have some music that it, that's really inspiring me. And I hope that will inspire other people. So don't give up and, and keep keep sitting and practicing and writing and, and open yourself up to criticism and open yourself up to being inspired by others. Because if you can be inspired by others, then you know what it takes to inspire others. Hmm. So good. All of that is great advice. I think what you said is is really like so simple and also so difficult to understand. It took me years to understand. Um, you got to put in the work 
um, to hone your craft as a songwriter, as a guitar player, as a singer, if you're going to go into the performance, yeah. you know, or that type of leadership. Um, but the thing that I came to realize only very recently, and I'm, I've been doing it for about 10 years now, is exactly what you said is what's your Torah? What's the thing that is really important for you to say? And how would you say it? Not how would someone else say it? You know, it's good to emulate other people so that, again, so that you can hone your craft. But I almost feel like the authenticity is the most important thing, right? The composition is somewhat secondary, I think, on a certain level. Obviously, it's it's got to be at a certain standard. You know, it's got to be something that someone can sing, obviously, right. um, something that's memorable um, and something where the right emphasis is on the right syllable. <laughs> but, but I almost think that the authenticity... It won't work without the authenticity. That's right. That's got to be at the heart of it all, I think. I totally agree. All right, favorite way to spend your birthday? Hanging out with friends. Doesn't matter what you're doing, Doesn't right? Doesn't really matter what I'm doing, as long as the people that I care about are around. Your most used emoji? I think I use the halo guy a lot with, with like the, the little, just the guy with the halo. I don't know why. What was the last book you read? Not school book. It's, it actually happens to still be a Jewish book. It's a book called If All, if all the Seas Were Ink by Alana Kershaw. It's a book all about um, her journey with Daf Yomi, which is the, the study of Talmud every day for seven years. And you finish the whole Talmud and it's like connecting it to her life. It's really beautiful. Favorite food or cuisine? Sushi. Japanese. Last concert you went to? I went to see Bruce Springsteen with my mom. It was great at the United Center in Chicago. All right. Thank you again very, very much. Thank you so much for asking me to do this. It was really fun. It was really nice to get to catch up with you too. Here is El Baruch.
That's it for this episode of Jewish Songwriter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. On the next episode of Jewish Songwriter... Hi, it's Perry Smila. Jewish Songwriter is produced by Sheldon Lowe, edited by Ben Mazak of Native Sound on historic Cherokee Street in St. Louis, Missouri, and distributed by Hallelujah Music. Until next time, keep writing out there, and thanks for listening. Every little part of my body